If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. I'm one of your host, Blessing. Adio A. Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim Ma Bungin Gettys. Today is officially the day, Bless. What day is that? The DCEU is over. Wait, really? <laughs> Aquaman 2. Oh, is it? Wait, is it out today? Did it's it get out, canceled? It's out. It's out. No way. It's out. Yeah. Oh, Aquaman yeah. 2 is out today. Aquaman, The Last Kingdom. The I can go into a theater now. and watch Aquaman yeah, 2. Yeah, it's like the early screeners, but yes. Yes. I don't believe it. Yeah. And is, this is the last one this of the DCEU? This is like the third time the DCEU has ended. But like, I was going to yeah, say, what, didn't it end it. with the this fucking, uh, what was the name? Blue Beetle? Magnet? Blue Beetle? The Blue Magnet. <laughs> the Blue Everybody. Magnet. Didn't the it, Blue Magnet. It didn't end with the Flash movie? Mm-mm. No. It didn't end with Shazam, Fury of the Gods. No? But here it is. It's over. This is the this is the movie where um, Homeboy, um, what's the name of the actor that plays the main Momoa. character? Thank you. Jason Momoa was like, was asked... Hey, like, what do you see a future playing this character? And Jason Moe was like, not looking good, but yeah. hey, you know, mm -hmm. check out the movie. We'll mm -hmm. see. We'll see. Yeah, they are. They're not even doing a, pre, uh, a a red carpet premiere for this one. No after party. They're just like, let's just move on. Let's just move on. That's so sad. Yeah, it really is. The trailer wow. looks dumb. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm excited to watch this movie. Are you? And it all excited in the sense of like, there's not that much going on. So like, yeah. It'll be a fun two hours. I'm not expecting it to be good at all. Mm. Did you like I, the first Aquaman? I didn't watch the first Aquaman. Oh, okay. That's the thing is I'm so uninvested in the DCEU. I think Batman v Superman broke me in mm. a way where I was I was so into the idea. I was so into the concept. And I saw that trailer. I saw Greg Miller live react to that trailer on Kind of Funny. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this looks like the dopest thing ever. Finally, Batman is fighting Superman in cinematic form. And I watched it. And I don't think I've ever been so disappointed with the movie in my life and that's saying something because i watched the last airbender movie on my 16th birthday yeah. but like batman v superman somehow disappointed me more than that but did you see the ultimate cut bless no i did not i refuse to oh, okay i refuse to it's 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 not too bad it's marginally better <laughs> i find that hard to believe no, like it really is. as long as really, really name? jesse eisenberg is, is in I there watch it, bless i watched it on a plane i was like you know what i'm having a fun fucking time you know it was good enough that it distracted me from my fear of being on a plane that's important. That's as long as Jesse Eisenberg is in there playing Luther Vandross, I am not watching. <laughs> exactly what went down. That also That's exactly <laughs> what went down. Plus, last night, mm. I saw something that changed my life a little bit. What's and that, that happens a lot with me because I'm easily excitable. Mm. But I was on Instagram and I saw a watch that looked very premium, very nice materials, mm -hmm. modeled after a Sega Genesis. No way. And I'm like, this looks kind of cool. Started diving a little bit deeper into this. They also have a Mega Drive Japanese version and a Mega Drive European version. Of course, I'm a Genesis boy, mm -hmm. being from America. Yeah. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, this looks awesome. But I have, I'm really weird with watches. I like really nice watches, and I like smart watches. 
when it comes to just other watches, I'm pretty particular about the quality of them, like the materials and all that stuff. So I haven't really dove too deep into just getting a bunch of watches for, for fun's sake, for fashion's sake, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I saw this, I'm like, I think this might be the thing to, to break me. I think this might be the, the thing that will get me those mid-tier watches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's probably going to be overpriced. It's probably going to be like more than I'd want to spend on this. But if it's like $130, don't want to spend that, but I will. Yeah. But I will. Barry, can you bring it up? Because I want everyone to see this. Oh yeah, right. That's a really nice looking watch. Isn't I love that dope that. as hell? That's super cool. And it's like it's real, real high quality stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want to uh, look at some of the other pictures too, if, if you have them there on the the Instagram, like they, like the multiple versions of it, they all just look super, super dialed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool, cool. Maybe like 130. Again, I'm gonna splurge on this. Yeah. Guess how much this watch watch costs? I don't know if I should go cheaper or more expensive. I'm going to say $300. 800 US dollars. Jesus. It is 800 that's US dollars. That's more than a Genesis. <laughs> at any point. Yeah, at any point at launch, that's more than a Genesis. I think that might be more than every Sega console. That's more than a PlayStation combined. 3. Like, come on. What are we doing? Oh, In my God. Absolute sanity here. What the fuck? I couldn't believe it, but like again, I it mean, looks it looks like a really nice watch, cool. so I anyway, kind of get it. This company uh, uh, is it, what's it called, Anacorn here? Yeah, Anacorn. I started diving a little bit deeper into this. I went to their website. All their watches look dope as hell, and mm-hmm. they have this NASA one that looks so good. I was like, wow, that looks so cool. I should show Kevin it. It was like sixteen hundred dollars. What's in there? Like, I don't is know, it not man. just a watch? Like, I get the design's cool, but oh, like, man, I. Can you actually play Sega games on it? Like, what the fuck? Are the, no, can you just, actually it's just, it's just fly to space in this NASA It's just watch? cool, but like. God damn. Anyway, yeah, I was I I don't think I've been that shocked by a price point in uh-huh. in a well since Fortnite, honestly. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, did you buy it? Did you, did you No, I didn't buy, fucking it? buy okay. it. dollars I don't know you, you know. That's maybe, insane. maybe you're like, oh, you know, eight hundred bucks is eight hundred bucks. You know, like, this mean, watch is one of a kind. I gotta get it. If it was a Super Nintendo watch, oh, <laughs> I mean it was listen, a different story. If it was nah, an S C four watch, that, that holler is, at me. That's wild, man. That is absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. You know what else is wild, Tim? Mm. Today's news stories, because of course today's stories include Bobby Kodak finally steps down, thank God. Uh, we got more Jet Set Radio details and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of funny games daily remember you can use our creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in with your squad ups questions and more and remember patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad free uh plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you <laughs> i just hear the squeakiest shoes I <laughs> Did you just call Jesse Eisenberg Luther <laughs> Vandross and no one called him out? Uh, Never made fun of anything you guys like. Oh, that's yeah. Not oh, true. That's yeah. not true. That's definitely not true. <laughs> Uh, housekeeping for you a new games cast is up where we talk about what we've been playing i highlight some of the games from day of the devs that i got to check out and we ask the question is 2023 the best year for dlc you can go over to youtube.com slash kind of funny games to check that out uh also 
all episodes of Greg's Child Time Teachings are up on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Uh, I believe what that was the Patreon thermometer thing that we had. It was. It was. And, uh, you know, this is one of those ones I don't recommend you watch. You know what I mean? If you if you want to maintain any of your sanity, if you want to have a good weekend, mm. you want to be able to live the rest of your life. Maybe don't click on this YouTube it's, video. I saw I saw the video pop up and I'm like, I'm out the loop. So I saw like the video was like, what, 20 minutes long? And it said mm -hmm. all episodes. Mm hmm. Okay, so yeah. if you watch that video, you get the whole thing. It was thing. yeah, if I remember correctly, it was four different episodes. Okay, uh, but they were like mini bite-sized things, and then we, for just the the public consumption after the Patreon stuff, we just put it out as one. Uh. Um, and yeah, th there's something that we've learned. It's that when Greg Miller takes his glasses off, something changes in him. You know, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I when you put it like that, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I want to say that I was I overheard like this recording happening. I'm sorry. I forget what was going on because I think we also had a special guest in the building at the same time. And all you hear, all I heard from my desk was, and I'm like, what is going on in there? And I look at the screen and it's like, oh, Greg's doing a thing. Greg's doing a thing. And that's yeah, I forget this, who was listening to us, but I, I did have to apologize to them at one point. I was like, I'm sorry about it. It was like, so, I remember it being somebody that like we highly respect. <laughs> and so, yeah, apologies to that person. But also, I might check this out because. Why, why didn't Greg wear glasses? Why is he not wearing glasses? <laughs> why is it we got to get to <laughs> the bottom of this? Yeah, get to the bottom of it. I'm going to check that out later. You should too. Over on Patreon, we got a new episode of Kind of Feudy. Uh, and that is featuring a brand new trivia trial. So go check that out. Excellent episode. Very, very fun episode. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Jackson Hampton and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by BetterHelp. But we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, Tim, Christmas came early. Uh, Microsoft announces more Xbox leadership changes as Activision's Bobby Kotick departs. It's over. It's over. We finally did it. We <laughs> Me did and you, it. Tim. We, <laughs> we took him yes. out. But us we, two. Nobody else. <laughs> we talked about other people talking about it long enough long for enough, it to happen. And it finally happened. <laughs> if, if, uh, if we didn't get copyright striked, uh, I would play like the, the Ewok celebration song. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. uh, this comes from Tom Warren at, uh, and Ash Parrish at The Verge. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick is stepping down officially December 29th. Microsoft has not appointed a direct replacement and instead has rolled the suite of Activision Blizzard executives, including Blizzard president Mikey Barra, Activision publishing president Rob Kostick, and Activision Blizzard vice chair Thomas Tipple uh, under Microsoft's game content and studios president Matt Booty. Uh, Kotick's departure comes just two months after some big Xbox leadership changes that saw Sarah Bond promoted to Xbox president, leading all Xbox platform and hardware work, and Matt Booty promoted to president of game content and studios, including overseeing Bethesda and ZeniMax Studios. Now, Booty is getting even more responsibilities with Bethesda, Activision Blizzard, and Xbox Game Studios all under his watch. Microsoft is largely keeping the leadership team of Activision Blizzard in place, with a few executive-level exceptions. Activision Blizzard Chief Communications Officer Lulu Messervi will leave the company at the end of January. Uh, Humam uh, Sakmini, the Vice Chairman Blizzard of uh, Blizzard and King, will also depart at the end of December. A number of Activision Blizzard executives will depart in March as well. Remaining higher-ups are all reporting to their Microsoft gaming equivalents. Microsoft continues to integrate Activision Blizzard into its expanding Microsoft gaming business, and it's clear Matt Booty is now talking, uh, sorry, is now taking more responsibility uh, than ever before. 
So there's a lot in there with the headline yeah. being that Bobby Kotick is no longer going to be the CEO of Activision Blizzard, which is good news all around. Of course, if you somehow missed it in the last few years, as we've talked about this, right, but it's been a while. Uh, Bobby Kotick, notoriously bad CEO, not just from like the financial aspect of it, but more so even from like cultivating a toxic workplace. People coming to him with like big HR issues and him either sweeping it under the rug or even helping and assisting in those people who are in power that were in those abusive positions and, and abusing their power, right? Like he was helping those people along with like a long list of things that I can sit here and like we can Google, Google and go down the list of why people hate Bobby Kotick. But it's safe to say that this is good news just for that reason. Absolutely. And then you look uh, as well, there's a lot of other news here too. That's something that we knew was coming. That's something that there was actually a, a date on. And now we just have an official like, day date too of when he's actually out mm -hmm. um but it seems like many other high officers over at the activision blizzard side are leaving as well yeah which was not as far as i know formally confirmed before like at least not every single one here and it is interesting how much power microsoft game studios is gaining from all of this and when you look at where they put out that leadership reorg chart uh, a couple months ago uh where we see sarah bond and matt booty and like that team uh, kind of the new roles or promotions or, or uh, shifts that, uh, in the, the leadership overall that were going to happen. And now you look at this and that makes even more sense that even than it did then, and it already did. Yeah. But you look at it and you're like, all right, cool. There's about to be a lot that they're taking on and it's starting to become a little bit more clear on how that work is going to be divided. Um, it is interesting to me where I, I didn't fully expect Activision Blizzard's like top people to leave in this much of a drove. You know, mm -hmm. like for at once, at least like I thought it was going to be, especially when you look at like, obviously the Bobby Kodak stuff, we understand. But then you look at the the King side of things, like the the sides that we aren't as familiar with uh, in, in speaking on. Um, and that I think is going to be very interesting to see in the next couple of years, how this all shakes out, because we've simply never seen a uh, like a, a publisher have this many studios underneath. them. Yeah. And it's a, it's both a. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I'm very curious on, like, how that goes. And then also, uh, like, sort of scared about, right? Like, yeah, we've never seen a publisher have this many studios under them. I think on the Xbox, like, leadership side, that's a lot to manage. And I I guess the worry might not be the right word, but I'm curious to see how they go about managing it because I think it can be a bit unwieldy. You know, we talk about, I mean, we've had this conversation multiple times of, you know, looking at different publishers, whether it be PlayStation or Nintendo, or um, I guess you could use like even a Ubisoft as an example, even though we talk, we lately we've not been talking up Ubisoft as much, but I think that there's still an example of there is a machine here that works together and you know what a Ubisoft game is. Like they have systems in place where it is, oh, if Ubisoft's putting out a game, we kind of know what that's going to be. If PlayStation's putting out a game, kind of know what that's going to be. If Nintendo's putting out a game, you know, there's a sense of uh, uh, studios working in tandem in a publisher vision that is able to carry through. I don't know if Microsoft is ever going to get to have that when you have, I've lost the, the amount of, uh, the count of studios, right? Let's say 40, right? If you have 30 to 40 studios, can you all get on the same page in, in that way? Or is it going to be a divide and conquer sort of thing? Um, and me and you go back and forth about this a little bit, because I think like, I, that's why I think you keep the Bethesda branding and the Bethesda like studios as Bethesda studios and maybe even the Activision Blizzard studios as Activision uh, studios and then the Xbox game studios is a different thing that way each can have their own identity and function as different units so you can have three different units with three different visions um but with this latest story of seeing a lot of higher-ups from Activision uh, Blizzard leave right and like seeing it seems Xbox gain more control of that is that going to change the vision or is that purely for the well 
we're Xbox. So we have these roles covered in terms of making the big financial decisions at the top, like the executive stuff. Yeah. We have that covered. We're still going to have you guys be Activision in terms of what the creative looks like. Yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere in between there, you know, bringing up Ubisoft. And, and yeah, to your point, I know that recent years haven't been the kindest to, to Ubisoft. We're mm -hmm. hoping, of course, for a, a change from that. And I'm more hopeful than I have been in a long time for Ubi. Like when you look at, I mean, I'm enjoying Avatar as much as I expected to be. But uh, we have Prince of Persia coming out soon. Very excited for that, both as a Prince of Persia fan, but also as a fan of Rayman Legends and Origins and that team getting another shot at a 2D game. Not something I would have expected necessarily uh, in 2024. So excited for that. Star Wars Outlaws, major fingers crossed for that one, right? Like it mm -hmm. looked awesome. And we, we all here are kind of funny, have very high hopes for that. Um, but Ubisoft is unique in that it's a third party with so many studios like I, I i would need to like really look into this because i'm uh, speaking out of turn a little bit but i got to imagine ubisoft is up there in in terms of like at this point it does it go microsoft then ubisoft then playstation oh in terms of how many studios you yeah have? that's a really good question and if not i imagine it's like maybe third place or something like that like it, ubisoft is definitely up there and for them to be a third party is interesting and they were the first people to uh brand their games as mm -hmm. Ubisoft originals, right? Like EA originals has a thing, but that's a sub brand. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. that's a, a more marquee title type thing. Whereas Ubisoft originals, all of their games are that. And mm -hmm. that is almost directly not competing, but directly trying to uh, align yourself in, in uh, mind's share with PlayStation studios and Microsoft game studios, right? In terms mm -hmm. of like, they want them people to understand and think of their games that way. And we do. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about Ubisoft games, not just because the games have similar um, UI or similar kind of like structure to them in certain ways, but because of the branding, because it does feel like even though there's a bazillion worldwide teams working on the games, we understand, oh, this is a Ubisoft game, right? Mm -hmm. Looking at the Microsoft side of things and what you're talking about of like how this is looking, which is a little bit more aligned with what I'm saying of the get rid of Bethesda, get rid of Activision. I think that's the only way you get that understanding of what an Xbox game is because right now we're questioning if Blade is exclusive. And when I say we, I mean in general we. I'm not fucking questioning it. That game yeah, is you assume exclusive. It's exclusive yeah. Yes. But the fact that that's even a question, nah, get that out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's, that's, that, that is the thing that makes the what is an Xbox game. And I do think that a couple years from now, there's going to be a lot of good, a lot of bad that happens. Yeah. But at some point, if Microsoft's vision is completed, and I do think that whatever it's going to be is going to happen, it's Xbox Game Pass, and it's going to be really rooted in Xbox Game Studios games. And I, I think that the, the titles of Activision, titles of Blizzard, at some point, a layer of that will be removed, and it'll be about the teams, and it'll be Xbox Game Studios, the team, and then the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I look at this news and I th and I'd say that this is uh, this is good news, right? Like a lot of it is we're seeing executives leave that I don't like. We most we mostly know about Bobby Kotick and then like a, a few under him. There's a lot of names being thrown in here that is like, okay, this person's leaving, this person's leaving, and I don't know the details. But I do think that you look at this acquisition versus the Bethesda acquisition, right? And like with this one, you are seeing a bit more shakeup than what we saw with Bethesda. Bethesda was, all right, we're keeping the same names, we're keeping the same people, like it is, Bethesda's still gonna operate, but you know, they're gonna be under Xbox now. A Activision, with all the news stories you've seen in the last few years, I think has needed a shakeup, right? And so I think on that side, this is good. And then on the side of what we're talking about right now in terms of, yeah, how do you manage all these studios? I do think that, and this is contrary to what I just said about the, um, having them operate as like three different ent uh, entities uh, essentially between Activision, Xbox, and Bethesda. I think what you're 
what you're also going to need to get to that place where it is, oh, now we're cooking is Unity, right? Within Xbox Game Studios. And when I say that, I'm talking about like in this uh, one of the news stories yesterday where we talk about um, like Bethesda not letting uh, Obsidian uh, make an Elder Scrolls spinoff or a Fallout spinoff, right? I think having Xbox have more of a hand in, hey, like, you know, we are like, this is Activision, but it's Xbox, right? And being able to own it as Xbox a bit more might allow for a bit more unity of, hey, what if we had one of your studios work on the next Wolfenstein game while uh, Machine Games is working on Indiana Jones, right? Or what if we had um, one of our studios work on a Call of Duty or work on like another Activision thing, that, like a Tony Hawk, right? Like what I if mean, we can share it. that IP more and share that knowledge, those knowledge and ideas more to build up this unity that Microsoft Game, uh, game Studios can have? I mean, I think that, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there. And I think when we look at all of Phil Spencer's comments, and again, comments change over time and everything being said one day, four years from now is going to be completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. But there is a clear appreciation of the Activision IP that Phil Spencer has. And the way he talks about it, like kind of like reading between the lines, it's saying, hey, Activision's turned into Call of Duty and Overwatch. Mm -hmm. Really Call of Duty. But like Overwatch is there too, you know? And it's just Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. All the different teams, like we've talked about it a million times, but how many different teams have been completely shuttered and just those people moved on to being being Call of Duty teams. How many teams weren't shuttered but were just turned into Call of Duty teams? Like, mm -hmm. so, so many of uh, the talented teams over at Activision have just turned into talented teams working on Call of Duty. And I feel like this acquisition is going to turn into IP given new chances and also teams getting new chances to not just work on the one thing, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like that is what we're going to start seeing the most of uh, coming up. And I hope so. And it, but like we're talking about the Activision side. You bring up all the Bethesda side stuff. I do think we're going to start seeing more Bethesda IP projects as well that aren't necessarily, you know, Skyrim in space or like the next biggest thing ever mm -hmm. that can just be smaller titles because in a lot of ways that's kind of what made Bethesda special to begin with back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I hope we, I hope we do see more Pentiments, right? Like I hope we do see more of the cases of big studios that we love even working on smaller games that are like, oh man, I didn't know but does the game studios had this in them or like machine games had this in them, right? Like I hope this leads more to that. And I think Xbox game pass is the answer, right? Like in a way where it is, Hey, it's not just about units sold anymore. It is about getting people into the subscription service on a consistent basis. And I think that then allows for more of the ability to be able to put out a game that is smaller scale. But if we're keeping people in the service then that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Moving on to story number two, Sega. Offers new details. My screen just went to sleep. Uh, Sega offers new details on Jet Set Radio, Streets of Rage, and classic reboots. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Sega has provided some new details about its recently announced reboots of five classic series. At the Game Awards this month, the company said it was developing new entries in the Jet Set Radio, Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, Shinobi, and Crazy Taxi series. In a slide presented during a management meeting last week, Sega provided a few additional details on the upcoming titles, which were described as follows. So start off with Crazy Taxi. Innovative and fresh style driving action. Yeah, dude. Cheerful feeling of freedom, cross fusion of nature and city. Peel out the new stage of Crazy City. It's Crazy City. I Did you know it was called Crazy City and Crazy Taxi? No. I, I mean, I, I, this might be the new, it's a new stage. Because before it was San Francisco, it was Vegas. That's what, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Crazy City. Yeah, dude. I love Crazy Taxi. I loved it so much. In the arcade, man, back at Pier 39 when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. I was whipping around that thing. I loved it so much. I dreamed of having Crazy Taxi at home. And yeah. didn't have a Dreamcast. So I had to dream harder. 
And then one Fair day, enough. it came to the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Would you believe that the first PlayStation 2 game I owned was Crazy Taxi? No way. <laughs> yeah. Was it really? And it was one of the CD games that had the blue bottom mm-hmm. of the disc. Yeah. Was that the one where like you knew as soon as you got a PS2, you were going to get that Crazy Taxi? That, that was That was it. me with, I forget what game, because I got a PS2 late. I think it might have been like Spider-Man 2 for PS2 was the one that I knew I was going to get. Yeah. And that happened. And it was great. Nah, we lived Tim, best what do you think of uh, Simpsons Road Rage? Did you ever uh, play any of the other Crazy Taxi likes? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I, my brother was really into the Simps- Simpsons and specific, spe- ah, specifically the games mm-hmm. uh, during that generation. So like, that was more of a... It was so funny being a little kid where mm-hmm. it's like... And, and I'm sure you know this with like Addison and stuff. It's like, oh, that yeah. was Addison's game. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that was, that was Cool Greg's game. Like, I played it. We're in the same house. It's the same PS2 with the same TV. But for some reason, it was like, that was his game. I think that's <laughs> literally... Literally, like, I played quite a bit of Simpsons Road Rage as a kid, and I'm pretty sure that was Addison's game. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's how I played that game, is that I borrowed it from Addison for probably, like, a week or two and fell in love with it. And that was my Crazy Taxi. Like, I actually didn't really have a, um, like, I, I uh, wasn't in the arcades for Crazy Taxi, and then also, yeah, I didn't have any friends that had Crazy Taxi on Dreamcast, because, yeah, like... Nobody in my circles really had a Dreamcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like Simpsons Hit and Run was, or Simpsons Road Rage was my version. And I fucking love that game. And, I, and that was me as a kid, not even knowing that Crazy Taxi was a thing. I just thought that that was just Simpsons Road Rage. And so I was like, yo, this Simpsons game is fucking raw. Like, <laughs> like I was over the moon like, yo, y'all don't understand how good the, it's. You don't understand. You're delivering, like you're picking people up and you're delivering them to the, th- to the thing. But like you're following the arrow and then you have a time. Like I was so obsessed with it. And people were like, eventually I learned about Crazy Taxi. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> I didn't know. So shout out to Crazy Taxi. Uh, Jet Set Radio counterculture tokyo street open world experience the rebellion movement that uh, that feels free in a suffocating society make friends increase your fans and create a movement you know infamously i am a a a jet set radio jet grind radio hater denier Uh i don't want to call it hater Mm -hmm. although that's probably what it is it's just not my thing i'm such a tony hawk guy and there's something about how floaty jet set radio it's funny that they're both saying it here because it's kind of the equivalent of like playing Mario 64 and then playing Sonic Adventure. Where it's don't, like don't, Mario, don't 64, that <laughs> Mario 64 feels perfect. Uh-huh. Sonic is just floaty as hell. And I feel like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater feels perfect. And then Jet Set is just floaty He's as not hell. Wrong. He's I, not I, I, no, wrong. The way he describes it, like I can't get mad at that description because you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But it still, that, it still feels right to me. And now all I want to say is I'm uh, specifically my problem with Jet Set is how floaty it feels. I love the look. I mm-hmm. love the music. I love the style. I love the concept. I love so much about it. I, I, I just can can't get that. over how floaty it is. So that's my problem. That's why I was like, I don't want to say I'm a hater. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I just know it's not for me. And then you're like, all right, cool. Now we're making it open world. I'm like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all don't care about I mean, Tim Jet Gettys, Set Radio. Fine. You don't need to. I mean, I mainly play Jet Set Radio Future, right? But like that game had open levels. Uh, and so like an open world jet set game, I think that sounds like a, like that. I understand that evolution of it. I think that makes sense for what jet set radio has been originally. Um, I, I, I could see them with this new one, like toning down the floatiness a bit. Cause yeah, the, the jet set games are really floaty when you like, when you're jumping around, it almost feels like you're in space. Right. Like, but I think with how games have gone, like I could see them being like, yeah, let's tone that down a little bit. Let's try to make it feel a bit right. And I think if they do, I could see you being being super into Absolutely. it because yeah, you got the tricks, you got like the super stylized characters and world. You have the graffiti stuff, right? Like I'm sure if you're not into, it, I know Cool Greg's gonna gonna fall in love. Well, with that's it. the funniest thing is like in in we always joke about this. In theory, Jet Set Radio should be me and Cool Greg's favorite game, and if both of us have the same opinions. We're like, eh, we just don't like it. Yeah, you know, it's no Mark Eccles getting up for him. I'll tell you that. 
That, that game Fair actually enough. is fantastic. I've never but, played Mark Echoes. Oh, up. dude. It, I feel like you would love it. That is a PS2 era hidden gem. Mm. Like hey, We're talking like an 8.5 out of 10 hidden gem. But like, I mean, that's a very high score. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it is, though. It is. All right. Uh, but yeah, Jet Set Radio, I'm excited for this. I, I Honestly, all, all things aside, I, I'm excited to get my hands on it, and I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping that you're right, that it will be modernized enough in the same way that sticking with my Sonic Adventure analogy there, like Sonic games feel way better in 3D now than they used to. Like, they're still, they? <laughs> they, I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect, for but, sure, for sure. but it's like, they're it feels play, better than Sonic playable. Adventure. They're yeah. playable. I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with like, that. Going back to Sonic Adventure one specifically, it's like so like, much of that game is this? awesome, but I'm just like, ah, oh, man, this just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Uh, moving on. We got Shinobi slay the enemies. Sorry, let me say that again. Slay the enemies in the silence of the mo- in the, of the moment, uh, run through the world of Shinobi full of monsters and ninja actions, grab Obi Rozuki, the legendary sword and slay evil once more. Your clan and the world are counting on you. This is the one. Like, really? excited that all the Sega games are coming back. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I, be- I, I love this because me and Greg did the reaction to the Sega trailer. And for me, it was Jet Set Radio. For Greg, it is Crazy Taxi. I love that you. for you, it is Shinobi. Like, well, everybody has a, a thing different here. For me, it's Crazy Taxi. Okay. But I'm just saying, the one that's actually going to be a great game that people are going to be excited about is mm-hmm. Shinobi. Like, Shinobi's lineage is, is great games. That are that are more accessible and for everybody, I would say. Not everybody, but for more people than mm. a crazy taxi, specifically in 2024 or, or beyond, and a jet set radio, which I do think is a uh jury's out. We'll see how like people actually feel about it when they get their yeah. hands on it. Uh Shinobi, I think, is actually gonna be fantastic because like I think it's the easiest one to get right. And uh it's everything that we've seen of it, like Barrett, if we can get the the footage uh when you have a second, no, no rush, of uh, uh, the Shinobi, it looks stunning. Oh yeah, like the art style of it is so cool, and it's like, oh wow, y'all are y'all are doing a damn thing. It like, reminds me of when when we see like an indie game pop up all, like out of nowhere, and it's like a two D side scroll, and you're like, whoa, this art style looks phenomenal. Like this looks like a really cool one, right? Like it gives me those vibes, but yeah. it's Sega doing it. Yeah, and Shinobi, it's had a couple reboots, and they didn't all hit. I remember there was a PS2 uh, reboot of it that there was a, a bit. If I remember correctly, it was like a two point five D, but then also three D at some points. Mm. My friend Curran had it. It was a Curran game. Uh, and it was cool. It was very difficult. It was like kind of um, like uh, when when Ninja Gaiden came out on Xbox, yeah, and it was like an exclusive there for for a long time. This was kind of like the uh, if you don't have an Xbox, you have a PS2, you can play Shinobi. Uh, and it was a Sega game, and I don't even think it was exclusive. Maybe it was, but um, so it was that like ratcheted up difficulty, like a pre Dark Souls world back when Ninja Gaiden was like that's the hard game, yeah. Um. And there's just something about the world that's super cool. But like looking at this going, harkening back to the OG 2D games, I'm like, yeah, this, this seems like it's going to be up the alleys of many people here. Kind of funny. Let's go. Uh, we then got golden axe warriors arise to subdue the demons, defeat your enemies with a variety of attacks with swords and magic. The legendary story about the battle axe golden axe is about to begin. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I need you to go back and watch our game awards reactions to mm-hmm. the Sega thing. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I never, me, never went back to me watch and Eddie, it. Me and Eddie, like, start me specifically. Uh-huh. I lose my mind throughout the course of the trailer. Uh-huh. And, like, when we're looking at it, like, what, what is that? What is, that? is that an axe? It's golden axe. It's golden <laughs> I wish, like, I wish there was a camera on me in the audience. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, I was going crazy for it, mainly for Jet Set. And I was like, what the fuck? Why, why does this look so good? And then immediately the Dragon Ball Tenkaichi 4 trailer drops. Yeah. And I'm in, the, I'm in the crowd, like, in my section going, like, let's go. And, yeah. like, people around me are like, oh, damn, that guy's really happy. He's really into it. Yeah. He's really Dude, into this. Was, I wish you were here with us because <laughs> the, the trailer starts. They're on the couch. And, like, you just hear the sound effects and stuff. And I was like, this sounds familiar. And then it was the Sonic rings. And I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. God. It's, it's fucking. <laughs> As we start seeing stuff, 
I just started screaming. It's the super game. It's the super game. <laughs> oh, I, like, did you think it was all going to be in I one game? It was. I see. My, I'm still convinced. I know <laughs> that they literally are telling me I'm wrong. I'm still fucking convinced I, that this is it, and it's going to all be part of one big. Thing. I mean, that's more sensible than what my thought was because I was like, they're about to announce a new console. Like we're about to see. A, they're about Holy to. Shit. Yeah, because like the way they start off, yeah, you hear the Sonic rings, and then it's a montage of a bunch of Sega games, and I'm like. Are they doing it? Like, are they are they about to drop the Dreamcast too? Because if they do, I'm there Holy day one. Holy shit! Yeah, man. I'm shocked I didn't go through your mind. No, seeing that. no. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. Um, last game we got here is Streets of Rage uh, Revolution. Wait, is the, is, is the game called Streets of Rage Revolution? Mm -hmm. Really? Like Revolution? Like, I missed that. That's this cool. new one. Yeah. What? Well, like in the thing in the right up here, I have it. It says Streets of Rage Revolution. Yeah, I think this is all new information. All right. right now. Streets of Rage Revolution, beloved side-scrolling beat-em-up action series, take control of one of the ex-officers and make the city a place where people no longer have to walk the streets of rage. All right. <laughs> God bless you copywriters. That's awesome. Oh, no, then they say that using the slogan power to uh, the next level, Sega released a debut trailer showing all five games in action earlier this month. Of course, we reacted to that over the Game Awards thing, and then me and Greg also re-reacted to it uh, in our own video. But is the game really called? Is that really new? Like, I, I missed that when I first read this article. Streets of Rage Revolution. That's kind of a cool name. I'm kind of into it. That's cool, man. I mean, the last couple of Streets of Rage games have been rad, too. So, yeah, I guess uh, so. Yeah, I'm looking. I just typed it in. And yeah, I'm seeing articles saying that Streets of Rage 5 have, has gotten an official title. That's really cool. Yeah. Let's move on to storm number three. But before we get there, I want to tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can go, you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot. Having to figure out, am I getting a gift for this person? Am I not? Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do just that with therapy. You can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace, and it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KindOfFunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KindOfFunny. BetterHelp.com slash KindOfFunny. And we're back with story number three. Bloober Team is teaming up with Skybound. This is Liv Engon. En I definitely mispronounced that. I apologize. But Liv at Eurogamer. Layers of Fear and the medium developer Bloober Team is set to develop a game based on an IP owned by Skybound Entertainment hmm. after a licensing and publishing agreement was signed by the two companies. The game is currently codenamed R and is planned for an official reveal in 2025, according to Bloober's press release about the partnership. The press release does not state which of Skybound's franchises Bloober will create a game for. Skybound is most known for the, uh, for the comic series uh, The Walking Dead, which was created by Skybound co-founder Robert Kirkman in 2010. Skybound established its subsidiary uh, Skybound Games in 2018 to publish and license video games. Bloober Team is currently at the helm of Silent Hill 2 Remake, which it is yet to announce a release date for. Tim, hmm. I'm not 
a big Skybound person. I know Invincible, and I know The Walking Dead, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I I assume you're more plugged in than I, I mean. Am? I'm 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 very plugged into those two things. Okay, like I read all of them. Is, I mean, is this going to be a Walking Dead game, or do you think there's the something thing. deeper in the Skybound catalog that we're missing here? Greg, oh, yeah. we need you, Greg. Greg is an expert on both Blooper Team and Skybound. So I'm looking at Skybound's um, wiki right now of all the titles uh, that they that they've worked on. And Skybound's always interesting because they own a bunch, but then they're also like they have creators come in and let them continue to own their stuff and just kind of like help them publish different versions of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Skybound games. You hear about this? Bloober Team's going to partner with them. Yeah. You have any theories on what what this is? I haven't heard the new. What was that? Is it, that's all there is, right? There's just this yeah. They're teaming they're up doing. with Skybound. They're hey, gonna work. Me, um, they're gonna develop a game based on an IP owned by Skybound Entertainment. Okay, I mean that's all we Walking got. Dead, right? They want to keep doing Walking Dead games. Maybe they want to make a good one again at some point. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. That last I can see that hot. if they don't want to go with Telltale again, but they want to make another Walking Dead. Well, like, come on, now. adventure. Telltale. <laughs> one. No, no, that's long gone. What's the? They just put out Destinies, right? Yeah, Walking, Walking Dead Destinies, Destinies was awful, really bad. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking more like, you know, Bloober, of course, made the medium. A survival horror game, much better than Resident Evil Village. Um, by about, you know, two-tenths of a point. Again, Village, I'd give a six. I'd give Bloober Team's medium out of 6.2, 6.3. Um, so maybe something like that in the Walking Dead universe. The, I, I, sh- I should point out that the code name is R. Does, is, does R mean anything to the Skybound? Is there a Walking Dead character whose name starts with R? No, but Robert. you know, well, I mean, Rick Grimes, I guess you could do. Yeah, character. Kirkman, you know, Outcast could be another one. Outcast, they've been, they tried, they did the show for a while. The comic was good. And that's a horror comic book, right? Where, I mean, you deal with demons and shit like that. That can make sense. That could be something different too. Okay. Put it in there. Science dog. No, who's, not making a science, who's dog. science dog. Bluebird team ain't making a sign. You know, maybe a seance dog from the invincible cartoon. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. OG fans like me and Tim know him as science dog. Okay. Now here's doing one. What if they make Invincible? Do you think Bloober Team can make an Invincible? I don't think they're gonna make. That doesn't. Yeah. It's got to be horror, right? It's Bloober Team. I mean, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That so it's got to be horror. It's got to be psychological horror. You know, I'm actually changing my vote to Outcast. Yeah. yeah. Really? Oh man. Yeah. I'm going with Rick Grimes the game. Rick Grimes the game. Yeah, I think that's what the R and codenamed R stands for. I'm yeah. I'm going with Science Dog. Yeah. Nailed that great photo, of Science Dog. I like that one a lot. Did you just what? What you type in to find that photo, Barrett? Science Dog. What, what else do you think? The <laughs> what did you think, I, what like, do you think the answer like, to that is, question was gonna be? Because well, I, I want to know the origin of that. Because what did somebody take that photo, trying to make it like trying to reference the 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 comic, or was that an official science dog, real no. dog? That was that was a, that's a completely unrelated. Is that, that, that's, science that, dog? that is just a do not disrespect. Or is that just a is dog. that a dog picture, doing science? That's a dog doing science. It's a dog okay. doing science, and I will say that picture, uh, the first uh, instance of that picture being pulled up from Google. Was someone posting it in R slash Invincible? So well, there we go. Yep. There it's we go. A little go. bit of both blessing. Yeah, I appreciate. I knew Greg was going to come in because Walking Dead, the easy answer. I knew he was going to yeah. pull something else. Yeah. Outcast everybody. Rick Grimes. Let's get let's get let's get excited. Story number four: PS5 sales hit 50 million worldwide. This is Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. PlayStation Five has sold 50 million consoles worldwide. Sony has announced. It achieved the feat on December 9th, 2023, which means the console is now tracking just one week behind the PlayStation wow. 4. Yeah, I, one week. Uh, back in July, when the console uh, hit the 40 million mark, it was tracking two months behind PS4. Damn, it's catching up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Back in July. So it sold 10 million in just a couple months? I mean, it's been like half a year if you think about it. I guess like five months. Let's say five yeah, months. Yeah, but I mean, like, think about that. Like, I think that that 
really kind of puts into perspective how slow the pandemic and shortage oh, of supply, yeah. like and how was, much that actually affected it. Cause like 10, that's one fifth of its entire sales happened in the last six that's months. That's like, it's the, it's the slowness of the pandemic, right? Not being able to produce. And I think also Spider-Man 2 coming out. Of course. And yeah. fucking like, everybody has had a reason right there. Yeah. And I think with Black, the Black Friday after Spider-Man 2 mm -hmm. is probably like, oh man, we're selling a lot of units. Uh, the PS5's launch was hampered by severe stock issues driven by a worldwide shortage of components, which meant the console was consistently out of stock for its first two years in the market. It follows a bumper uh, November for PS5 in Europe, with sales up 376% over November 2022. The nice. console has also been discounted several times this year as Sony tries to hit 25 million PS5 shipments this financial year. Uh, to stop there, right? This is a, a year wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. It was at the beginning of this year that PlayStation was like, hey, it's over. Like, the shortage is over. Like, you know, you can go buy PS5s now. It's easy. Was that this year? Yeah. Okay, cool. It feels like this year's lasted five years. So I no, forget if it for was sure, this one. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, anecdotally, too, I feel like this year, anytime I, I, I go to a Target or a Best Buy, which is frequently mm -hmm. looking for Blu rays, RIP, um, I, I, there's PS5s abound. Okay. That's good to know. And that's always like the turning point, right? I remember that happening with the Wii back in the day. Yeah. I'm just like, or you can just walk in and they're there. Like, oh, they're here. And it's like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, cool. snap. All right. We've cool. hit that point. Uh, however, PS5 sales did, did fall slightly in the US during November year on year. Uh, this is because PS5 stock issues started to be resolved in the US during November 2022, causing a significant spike in sales. Quote, Achieving this PS5 sales milestone is a testament to the unwavering support of the global PlayStation community and their passion for the incredible experiences created by the talented developers from PlayStation Studios and our partners, said Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan. Quote, we're grateful for all of our players who have joined the PS5 journey so far, and we're thrilled that this is the first holiday season since launch that we have a full supply of PS5 consoles, so anyone who wants one, sorry, anyone who wants to get one can get one. End quote. And my God, that is going to be insane. Because mm. think about it. The holiday season, they got Spider-Man 2. They yeah. also have God of War, Ragnarok, with Valhalla just dropping right now. Yeah. Another Last yeah, of an, us an extra reason two to get that. Coming next month. Then mm. for people that don't yet have a PS5, the overlap between people that just watched Last of Us for the first time on HBO that are now interested in games and like, oh, I guess I'll buy a PS5. It's the biggest circle that they could possibly have with yeah. this shit leading into a last of us two. So he's about to clean the fuck. And up like right, right after months. last of us two is, uh, is a big exclusive final fantasy seven rebirth, which is going to continue. Exactly. That and, also. and then hell divers in, you know, it starts like hell divers going to sell that, five PS five. <laughs> hell divers. Mark my words. is going to be the biggest selling game in the next quarter. But uh, then after that, it is kind of like off a cliff of like our, our known understanding of what uh, PlayStation's mm -hmm. putting out. But like that is, a in, in mainstream in terms of selling a PS5, absolutely wild lineup that we have. Uh, and I'm talking about lineup as since Spider Man 2, even, but like mm -hmm. that's it's going to destroy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think everything's kind of lined up for PlayStation in a really good way. We even mentioned like Final Fantasy 16 coming out um, in June as mm -hmm. well, right? But like, I think it's been a pretty good um cadence that we've hit currently in terms of like games that are going to sell sell these consoles right have them fly, flying off shelves and then yeah i think there's going to be a, a gap after um uh what final fantasy 7 rebirth but i think it's one of those things where you know play, playstation and xbox but i think even playstation more so just because of like the uh like the the brand and the and like just the idea of playstation has like the benefit of third parties carrying the the weight when it is like all right cool uh ff7 rebirth is, is out but we got 
whatever Ubisoft game is coming or whatever mm -hmm. EA games coming out, right? And you're able to float off of those until hopefully in the fall you have something else li lined up that's ready to come out. And so yeah, man. And you know, there's a couple other things I want to bring in here uh, that I that I think are interesting. Uh, uh, Daniel Ahmad Chuge uh, EX on on Twitter says, uh, "Congrats to Astro's Playroom on 50 million units." Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to think about, right? Like because Astro's Playroom being a pack and title, uh, and you know we always used to talk about that back in the day with the uh, the Mario games, like Mario World or or whatever, like packings or Wii Sports even, right? Mm -hmm. um, but like that's kind of rad that a game that's that high quality is just how how many people, if you had to guess, the mm -hmm. percentage of PlayStation Five buyers mm -hmm. that boot up astrobot boot up i think is very very high like yeah. how much they play i'm not i'm not so sure um but i forgot that this was a packing title to mm -hmm. the point that um recently i switched out my ps5 for uh greg's the new one that he got the the disc the not sorry the ps5 pro just the, the or sorry not pro the sorry the discless whatever slip. the tiny little <laughs> all these names all, yeah, all these buzz i don't terms. even know what it's called but whatever i just switched uh, traded it out um with one we have here and uh, i i Booted it up, you know, it was getting everything set up, and it was just a, a, a naked, brand new virgin PS5, right? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I don't like how you said that. <laughs> and uh, booted it up. It's like Astro's just there. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot oh, about it. Oh, yeah, because it's already downloaded, yeah. right? When it's yeah, it's you just it there. Up. And I'm like, God damn, that's brilliant. And uh, anyway, just I just think that's a really cool thing that we're still able to talk about, like packing titles and like 50 million, man. Again, for a game that good, really excited. What's Team Asobo up to? What are they up to? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Final news story for the day. Story number five. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's DLC is getting an epilogue set for January. This is Cat Bailey at IGN. Game Freak is preparing to put a bow on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's DLC with a brand new epilogue, which is set to release on January 11th at 6 a.m. Pacific time. The straightforwardly titled Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the hidden treasure of Area Zero epilogue, <laughs> will team the player character with Arvin, uh, Nimona, and Penny as they journey through Kitakami, the area featured in the Teal Mask DLC. IGN got me on that one. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, again, like I read these articles before I put them in here, but it is very much like sometimes it's a very much skim through. And so, yeah, the straightforwardly title and they have like the fucking long ass title. Good on you, Cat Bailey, for getting me there. Um, a trailer showed off a very brief glimpse of what to expect, as well as a handful of teaser images. In order to access the epilogue, players will need to finish Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's main story, as well as the main stories for both Teal Mask and Indigo Disc. I'm stoked, man. <laughs> Getting more. And I'm excited there's about to be an epilogue here, too, because I'm still not done with the uh, um, with uh, Indigo Disc. Uh, I 100%ed the core game, 100%ed uh, the uh, Teal Mask. And um, over this break, I will most likely 100% uh, Indigo Disc. And that'll be a perfect time right into this. It's way sooner than I would have expected. I'm surprised at this like first pack coming out in like september ish and then this pack coming out um like a week ago then it's like they're only really giving like two weeks before this epilogue comes out yeah why not just have the epilogue be part of it or come out later <laughs> like i'm a little mm -hmm. confused about the strategy here on this but we also don't really know what it's going to be um but Hey, I'm excited there's going to be more does it line up with like a pokemon anime or any other pokemon thing happening in the world no Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, when do we get the next Pokemon game after this? So, there, I mean, there's, you know, it's Pokemon. So there's always a cycle. There's yeah. always, like, certain things in the work. What we're due for next is a remake of some sort. And all eyes are pointing to uh, Unova, which is the black and white um, region, which is America. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of hints that we're getting in the last couple uh, games here. Um, in the, the DLC specifically, uh, Blueberry Academy, the place that you're at, mm -hmm. uh, technically is in Unova, um, in the, the DLC that we're playing right now. So 
Blueberry uh, Academy. That's the name of the like. Yeah. The place you're at. Yeah. I don't think I ever, I didn't know. I don't think I knew that. But. Well, because you know, like like Scarlet and Violet, there was like the fucking I don't remember the names of it, but like there's the Orange School. Yeah. And there's the, the the Grape School or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Blueberry, Blueberry Academy. Or, like, it's, I see. All, it's, that makes there's, sense. There's a theme. That there's makes a, a lot theme of sense. Schools. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine that what we're going to get next is either a remake of, uh, black and white in some form. Mm-hmm. Let us pray blessing mm-hmm. that it's not made by the people that made, um, diamond and diamond pearl, pearl yeah. remakes. Cause like those are brilliant diamond shining pearl. Um, I'll never forget. But honestly, I feel like that is, that is pretty likely. Is, is it going to be a switch to launch title? No, no. No, it'll be a Switch game. Dang. Yeah. And then, uh, but the other thing that could potentially happen that is exciting would be a Legends follow-up. Mm. So a Pokemon Legends, something to do with the Unova region. I, I could see that happening. And I'd be into that. I think that that could be pretty damn cool. I will say I have found myself craving Pokemon a little bit recently. But like more so classic Pokemon. Like not necessarily, man, maybe I should just hop into the DLC for Dude, Starling you should Violet. do it. We're talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Pop, in, pop into the, the Kitakami stuff for the, the first DLC pack for this. If you're craving a little Pokemon, even classic style, yeah. there is something quaint about the first DLC here that I think might be exactly what you're looking okay. for. Okay, cool. I might do that. Uh, Toby Tim... Fox goes off. Oh, that's all I need to know. Yeah. That's all I need to hear, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you should have began with yeah. that. Yeah. I would have played it all already. Uh, Tim, I'm very excited to pick up uh, the DLC for Pokemon and have a great time with it. Mm-hmm. But me picking it up, it might happen over, over the course of the week. It might happen next week. But next week is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Resident Evil 4 Remake for Mac e. and iOS. That's it. But we do have a new date for you. Uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut has been delayed to early 2024 on Mac and iPhone. Can we, can we just for a second talk about how fucking crazy that is? We always joke about Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been ported to every single system. We joke about Resident Evil. It's been ported to every system. Yeah. Including VR. Mm-hmm. Including this, including that. And then they remade it. Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah. And then they're like, guess what? We're also putting it on VR. And then they're like, fuck it. We're going to release it Resident iOS. Evil 4 remake on iOS. What? They're going to invent new platforms is, to put it out dude, on. Dude, Capcom are, are magicians. Like, how oh, yeah. is this real? How? How the fuck is this happening, dude? I mean, I played it on iPad when I went to that one Capcom preview event, and like it worked. <laughs> I know I played RE Village. I'd say it wasn't it was an RE Four, but the fact that RE Village worked, I was like, "Huh, all right, cool." Incredibly impressive. Very impressive. They are magicians, actually. Like I, now that I think about it, it's like, "Yo, miss," you know, just miss. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, what are you, what are you doing over there? Uh, deal of the day for you: DNF Duel is free to claim on Epic Game Store until December twenty first. And so, if you're a fighting game connoisseur aficionado go check that out now it's time for reader mail that's where you write in to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to get your questions read on the show just like grezik oh my god <laughs> this camera pan to andy or no to mike who's just fucking chilling what's up mike how are you doing you're pretty good i'm doing pretty good uh we got a long ride in here from grezik who writes in and says hey guys as the turmoil of the insomniac hack continues while the support for Insomniac is great, the amount of disdain I am seeing for journalists who are covering the hacks is incredibly disturbing. 
I've read plenty of posts calling IGN, Kotaku, and Polygon bottom feeders for talking about the information revealed by the hacks. I've read posts by developers and fans calling for those publications to be blacklisted for daring to write stories about Insomniac's upcoming slate, Sony's sales numbers, or the details of Marvel's licensing agreements, all of which is information that games journalists would normally be elated to talk about. I understand the circumstances of the hack are atrocious. My heart goes out to everyone who had their personal information exposed, and I sincerely hope Sony is covering all of the expenses that might be incurred because of it. I have to wonder, though, would we be seeing the same level of support for a studio besides Insomniac? We certainly did, uh, we certainly did or didn't when the same thing happened to Capcom. I also found it hard to believe if someone like EA or Ubisoft had been targeted instead that we would get the same reaction. Gresick writes more, but I wanted to cut it short because it is a very long write-in. Uh, but they say thanks for all you do. Tim, I didn't get to talk to you about, uh, about this on the show yesterday. We've had a full day yeah. since the discourse has mm -hmm. happened and people have gone back and forth about, about it in a lot of different ways. Like this is one of the, f the few times where the people I follow, like p uh, all the people who like I respect who I follow who work both on the media side and then also on the dev side and then also on like all the other sides, right? PR, et cetera, are like all in opposition on how they feel where I'm like, oh, nobody can come to a consensus on how they feel about this thing. How do you feel, feel about it? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, I feel like that how I feel about it is that I understand that people feel differently. Like, I don't think that there is an answer to this. I think that there are, are, there are some things that are inarguable, and I don't think people are arguing them when it comes to the, the personal information of, of, of people. Nobody's sharing that, and nobody should be sharing that. I think that we all agree. And here's the problem. We can't use words like we all because we are not an all. We are not a we. There are so many different groups out there that get lumped together in ways that all of a sudden it becomes an us and a them. And that's just simply not the case of how this all goes. Everybody at the end of the day is self-serving and looking out for themselves and the people around them. And that means something different to every single group and every single person. So when I, when I look at this, it's so funny like how uh, you, you said something uh, yesterday that I, I thought was very, um, very, very pertinent to the, the, the whole situation going on right now. It's that the word hypocrite is being thrown around as if it is the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And it, as if that is the end all be all of like that, it, you're either, if you're a hypocrite, like you, you, it's done, it's yeah. done. Whereas like, no, there's nuance to conversations. Things can change over time. There's context being uh, necessary given so many different things. And I think a big part of this is we talk about games all the time. Now I want to make this explicitly clear for the thousandth time. I am not a games journalist. Plus I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not yourself. a games journalist now. What that means? Is that a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know. Journalism is a real thing. What we do is not journalism at all. We commentate, give our opinions yeah. on news stories. There I, are opinions. We're, I mean, we're content creators, right? And we're people that, we are podcasters, we're pundits. Like, there's plenty of things to, to call us. I wouldn't say that we're journalists, right? Like, I think every now and then there might be a journalistic aspect to the thing we do. Like I'd put out the blessing show about black hair. And I think you can, I could argue that that is a journalistic piece of content, but I don't own the, like when in the context of a kind of funny games daily, for example, where we talk about news, I'm not the person that's reporting the news. I'm the person that's reading the news and then talking about mm -hmm. the news and giving context to it and all that stuff. I think, and this is my stance. I know so a lot real, of people real quick, I just wanted to hop off on that with the blessing because I agree yeah. there was journalism done there, but like, I've played basketball before. That doesn't make me a basketball player. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, did yeah, journalism yeah. there. You did, but mm -hmm. that doesn't make you a journalist I, I, professionally. You yeah, know what I mean, I feel that you're capable of it. And but so that's not what this is on this show. Yeah, and so like to Grezik's thing of like you know a lot of people are are uh, calling out IGN, Kotaku, Polygon, and like calling the bottom feeders for reporting on the hacks, talking about the hacks and all that stuff. In my personal opinion, 
I think IGN, Polygon, Kotaku, them, the act of them reporting on the hacks, I don't see anything wrong with that, right? As we talk about it, there's context to everything. And so when I say that, we have to dig in deeper, right? What are they reporting on? How are they reporting on it? Are they reporting on people's personal information? No? Okay, cool. Then that's not bad. Are they reporting on game slates? Are they reporting on leaked budgets? Are they reporting on uh, de like deals that they made with third parties or whatever? Yeah. I think that stuff is, to some extent, fair game. I think everybody has to judge it differently on like what their standard for their media outlet is. And like, I think that is even separate from the idea of journalism, right? I think as a media outlet, that is a reporting media outlet, right? Your job is to report news. Your job is to inform people. Um, I think you have the right and like you, you have the ability to talk about these things. I think once it gets to the area of like, and I, I'm not looked deep enough to know if any of these outlets are doing this, but if they're posting the gameplay footage that's leaked from Wolverine, I think that is a level where it's like, ooh, I don't know about that. I think that might be a bit bad. I don't know if any of them are doing that though. Like from what I've seen, I've seen them like talk about the game slates. I've seen them talk about some of the stuff that's, and I've seen a lot of people talk about this stuff. Um, but I think that stuff is perfectly fine. And, and that is especially in the, in the essence of they are, the role of IGN, the role of Kotaku, the role of Polygon, I would even put, I would say the role of kind of funny as well, right? But I think even to a greater extent for these outlets, is not to be a, a, a an extension of PR, right? IGN's job isn't to go, hey, we really like Insomniac, and so we're gonna do whatever it takes to protect Insomniac as a company. I know most of us here, and, and this is me talking about the audience, right? And this is me using the royal us. Most of us here really like Insomniac. Most of us here like Insomniac games. I mentioned on the show yesterday, of like, damn, if this happened to any studio, why'd it have to be Insomniac? Because like, Insomniac seems like a really cool studio. We hear about the, the reports of how like, they, they fight against crunch. We see the games they put out on a consistent basis. They put out games we really like. Like, yeah, like we really like Insomniac. That said, Insomniac is a company, right? And like, I think for us and for everybody who's in media, you want to care about the people working at these companies. You want to care about the people who are, you know, like, going to work, having to deal with harassment from the audience, having to deal with a bunch of bullshit. Um, I think where that starts and probably ends with, with uh, again, outlets like an IGN, Kotaku, et cetera, is personal information. Hey, we don't want to put out or report on anything that's going to uh, have personal harm to employees. Like, we want to make sure people are protected in that regard. When we're talking about deals, when we're talking about game slates, when we're talking about budgets, stuff like that, that doesn't personally hurt people. It might like suck for your work right you might go oh man like i was really like really trying to i was really looking forward to the secrecy of this thing right but as a press outlet at that point you are reporting on a company and ign is not part of insomniac ign is not here to serve insomniac or serve any game studio right they're here to serve an audience and they're here to report things and so for the fact that the information is already out there i think an ign has perfect like as a perfect case to go I'm sorry, like we're reporting on this. This sucks that this happened to Insomniac and we can say that at the same time, but this information is out there. We can add context to it, which is gonna help people understand it. We can you know, talk about it in a way that's responsible. Um, and we can pick and choose what we wanna report because yep. again, I don't think putting out Wolverine gameplay serving anybody. And, and that's, that's the thing for me that I think is so funny because going back to the hypocrite thing yeah. that's been, been talked about a lot where it's like people uh, showing thumbnails of kind of funny games daily is like, like, oh, they're not going to talk about leaks here, but they talked about leaks literally yesterday with Suicide Squad or, or like, here's all the other times they talk about leaks. Guys, we talked about the Insomniac leaks. Like, yeah. we, in the same way, we talked about the other leaks. Like, oh, yeah. See, I don't even pay attention to that because that stuff is just people being trolled, totally, right? Because, just, but that's the thing is like, we, we did talk about the Suicide Squad leak. Yeah. In that thing, we also talked about, we're not going to talk about what happened in the leak. Yeah. We're not doing that. And, and I think I, I think the tough thing is like the inside baseball of 
why we headline things and do things the way we do. Yesterday's Games Daily, I, I, I'm the one who does metadata for Games Daily, right? I titled the episode Leave Insomniac Alone just for the, for the fact that like the conversation was around like, oh man, this mm -hmm. sucks that this happened, happened to Insomniac, right? But we still talk about the fact that the leaks did happen. We didn't dive into the leaks in the same way that we didn't dive into the Suicide Squad leaks. The reason why I title an episode Suicide Squad Story Leaks is because people don't know that that happened. And so like, that's a bigger headline, right? Like we're doing things to like, let people know this is what this episode is about and so if i title an episode leave rocksteady alone you have no idea what we're talking about you don't care about what that headline is if i you guys did know though that the insomniac leak happened so if i title a, a kfgd insomniac leaks happened it's like that's not really furthering the conversation or that's not a good headline really for like what like, the conversation for the conversation yeah we, do, conversation we have is. conversations and yeah like to me i think that we keep talking about context and stuff and i want to be very clear about something mm -hmm. we are not saying that we're not going to cover leaks we're not saying that we're not going to talk about the contents of leaks i think every single thing is context sensitive of what the leak is how it happened the extent of it and timing of it all mm -hmm. like i feel like when we when it comes to the suicide squad stuff it's story spoilers when it comes to some of the zelda stuff that leaked before that was like stuff that is like spoiling aspects of the game that doesn't serve our audience. Yeah. That doesn't serve anything. We're not doing that. It's the same shit when it comes to like Marvel leaks and, and movies and stuff where it's like set leaks. Like we're in a, a, a time where it's turning where it's set leaks are just because of social media. They're everywhere. Yeah. There's no getting away from what we saw of Deadpool to the point that the leaks then became marketing for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that there's getting away from that. We're just in this new era of back in the day. And when I say back in the day, I'm talking about two years ago even if something leaked in the video game space, you needed to know the places to go to find it. You needed to know the Reddits. You needed to know the Discords. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. Now you turn on Twitter and you need to actively avoid seeing leaks yeah. for things, especially like with what happened uh, in the last couple of days. Things are different. Context changes on a day-to-day -day basis with how this stuff is, is put out there. Yeah. And I just want to say, we're, we, you said this, we said this yesterday. We're going to talk about the contents of the Insomniac leaks over time. Yeah. There's no avoiding that. But it's, it, 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 it is like a time and place sort of thing where yesterday we wanted to talk about Hey, let's talk about the human the human element of it as opposed to sitting down and sifting through all the leak stuff because like audience, y'all would have hated that more. Like if we sat down and went through all the leaked information, y'all would have been way more upset than you would have been for us just talking about the fact that the leak happened and like talk about the context of what's going on in people. We want to do right by the news that's uh, uh, that's coming out and talk about it in a way that is authentic and in a way that is serving the audience. Um I want to point out something cuz I like you know, this, this is one of those ones where, like, I've been, I usually avoid, like, comments, conversation, all that stuff. I've seen enough stuff pop up on my Twitter timeline where it's, like, people who are referencing, like, oh, but, you know, you talk about this, but you don't talk about this. And I will say some of it caused me to reflect, right, and think, like, oh, yeah, like, what are the ways that we're approaching this? And are we treating different companies differently, right? Like, I think to, to the Suicide Squad thing, we treated the exact same way. And, like, a lot of the leaks that happen, we treat it in the same way where we talk about the leaks, but we don't. Like, we're not sitting there, like, fucking sifting through all the stuff and spoiling all this stuff. Um, but the Capcom leaks came up as well. And that was one where I was like, okay, man, I think we did talk about the Capcom leaks, right? And, did. And, and dove into them. And I think contextually there's differences there of, like, what we talked about. And in terms of the context of the leak, a lot, a lot leaked for Capcom. Yeah. Not nearly what leaked for Insomniac and not nearly as damaging. And, and I, like, you can agree or disagree with me on that. I believe that. And, I, and for, uh, the thing I want to point out, right, the, the Gresic's question, would we, would we be seeing the same level of support for studio besides Insomniac? And that's the thing that made me really think. Because, like, a lot of the people, and again, I ignore a lot of this because a lot of it is, is people being weird on the internet and people wanted to stir up console wars and people being like, oh, when it's a PlayStation thing, you guys don't want to report about the leaks. I guarantee if this was was PlayStation umbrella leak like if PlayStation slate for the next 
five to ten years was leaked and it wasn't just Insomniac, 1,000% we would cover it. We'd cover one the fuck out of it. I would one be so, bazillion percent. I would be, one, I would be so fucking excited context, to dive into that. dude. Context. And I think the context here, and I don't and I don't know if this is right or wrong. I like Again, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on this because I think it was no right or wrong. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I don't know if there's the right or wrong, right? But it, this has caused me to reflect in the way that in the ways that we do it. Because I, earlier I was talking about Insomniac as a company. Um, I think I don't think it's the fact that it's Insomniac. I think it's the fact that it's a studio that we view more as a oh man, this is like a, a like we respect studios more than publishers. Not me saying kind of funny. I think us as an industry respect studios more than publishers. And so if this was a if this happened to Crystal Dynamics. I don't think we would dive into the fucking leaked Tomb Raider uh, like gameplay that will do all that stuff, right? I don't think we would dive into that stuff that same way. If this happened to a, like, name any, I guess, studio, right? Like, that is under a publisher. If this happened to, like, a 100-person team, I don't think we, I think we would treat it the exact same way as we're treating Insomniac. However, when it happens to an umbrella, when it happens to a publisher, when it happens to a organization that you view more as an organization as a big conglomerate company then i think you start to care less about the human aspect and again i don't know if that's right i think we might be wrong in that no straight i'm so with you on that yeah, yeah. and like then this isn't this isn't me trying to preach the gospel or act like you know we're better than anybody or we're better for how we're treating this i am open to being wrong about this um but i think that's why the insomniac leak happens we go ah shit like we like Insomniac, but it's also the same way in which you know we uh, we like X, Y, and Z studio, right? Like, oh man, I love Arcane. If this happened to Arcane, where Arcane's whole fucking slate leaked, I'd be like, fuck, dude, that sucks. Um, I think it's the fact that it's a studio as opposed to like a publisher, and that's why that's why that happens that way. Um, and again, I don't know if that's right. These are all companies. We should we should treat companies like companies. But that's my answer we to it. We should also treat people it. like people. We should. We should. I we think should. that is the more important takeaway. And I, at the end of the day, that's. That's where we come from. from yeah. this. And that, that's why we handled this the way we did. And I fucking stand by it. And I, what I stand by more than anything possible that we've said in the last couple of days is what you just said. Mm-hmm. So we're open to being wrong on this. And I, we know that we're not getting everything right here. We are just hanging out here, having a conversation. And so much of this shit is out of our league. And so much of this, and like even dealing with this, dealing with this amount of people, it's impossible. And it's impossible to please everybody. And I think we're doing a pretty damn good job. And I know a lot of people agree. And we're going to continue to do that. Thank you, Tim. Uh, let's move on with a squad up. Of course, you can write into kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to get, get your squad ups read on the show. Just like Diego Saladivar did, a.k.a. Apple Shampoo. Uh, they, write in, <laughs> <laughs> they write in with a squad up on PC and say, what up, best friends? I'm looking for some peeps to play WoW Classic Season of Discovery with. From leveling up dungeoning, raid to PvP, the game is so much fun with people, especially this WoW. It's classic WoW with new things, so it's refreshing. If you have a guild, let me know. Uh, if you want to play with Diego, aka Apple Shampoo, you can add them with the username Apple Shampoo, spelt how it sounds, all one word, um, number simple, aka hashtag 1517. So let me that know is- if that's a Blink 182 reference, because that's a, a GOAT Blink 182 song. Oh. There you go. Yeah, Apple Shampoo, hashtag 1517. Go play some WoW Classic. Um, before we get out of here, we got one of them rotating segments for you. It's a required reading. And I'm sad that like we're so far into the show because I actually wanted to break this down with you. Uh, there's an article over on VGC that's titled The Best Game Music of 2023 as Chosen by Composers. Oh, so and maybe cool. We, maybe we can do this a little bit during the post show, but it is composers that worked on some of the biggest games in 2023 talking about what their favorite soundtrack of the year is. Uh, this was written by Matt Ombler over at VGC, aka Video Games Chronicle. If you want to give them the click, go over to Video Games Chronicle. It's a longer article, but it's a really fun one to go through because yeah, it is them talking 
to the Baldur's Gate 3 composer and his him talking about how his favorite soundtrack was uh, Jusant, uh the indie game that came out, uh. right? And like, uh, if, if, as I go through, Eddie, who's the composer of Chained Echoes, was talking about how his favorites were, oh man, I don't know any of these games. It, Decarnation original soundtrack is what he's he shout out. Austin Wintry uh talked about who you know from Banner Saga, Stray Gods, etc. Journey, uh was talking about how his is Baldur's Gate 3, and each of them have like a little ride up there. And so that's going down on VGC. Maybe we can check that out a little bit later. Um but now the link will be in the uh description below. Thank you for that. Uh now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around. The globe, globe, I have a crazy globe, story globe. to tell you guys about Apple Shampoo at the post show. Oh, uh, missed new game releases uh, today. This is from Bobo. We got Tiger Blade for PSVR 2, uh, this bed we made for PS4 and Xbox Series X, the Rumblefish Plus for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Steam. Uh, and then Banderasen says, You're correct. NPR reports that Jim Ryan declared the shortage over on January 5th, 2023. It's always so close to that, to the bad date. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kind of funny day is January 5th, man. It's oh, unfortunate. Oh, man, we dodged a bullet. Uh, and my PlayStation wrapped for the year. The The first day that I played my PS5 this year was January 6th. I was like... What'd know. you play? Uh, Star Wars Jedi. The Division 2? Fallen Order. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, when January 6th was happening, yeah. we were doing Kind of Funny Day. Was that kind we of were, funny day that it year? was? Was it really? Yeah, we I were remember live. being on stream and being like, "I want to lie down." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was. I don't remember that uh, kind of funny day, and that's probably why. Yeah, it was a work from home one. So yeah. Uh, and that's it for your own. There's some people in there being jerks, but I'm, I deleted those. All right, Tim Gettys will never see what you said. Greg Miller will never see what you said. I saw and I deleted it. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Tomorrow's what, what was that? What was that, Barrett? I was saying, say it, though. Say it. No, I'm not going to say it. No, it's mean things. People say very mean things. Uh, tomorrow's hosts are going to be me and the one and only Andy Cortez. Uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. There we go. Now it's time for the post show. Really quick. What's up, Barrett? I'm just, uh, I know maybe not many people have noticed it, but whenever I go to the jib shot, it's just been here, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to reveal why, if that's okay. Go mm-hmm. for it. Uh, it's been raining the last couple of days here in San Francisco, um, and this happened last year where we had a leak in the middle of the studio, uh, and it happened again. So we have this uh, trash can here uh, collecting water. And so I don't want to move the jib at all because if I move it and have it do its like normal rotations, it'll be like right in the path of uh, of a nice little leak. Mm. I mean, this you should let's test the sensors of the jib because the jib is supposed to sense that that sort of thing, right? Just do it and see what happens. It, it's supposed to sense water droplets. No, it's supposed to sense the ladder if it's good. It's, oh, it's I'm not gonna. It, yeah, it's gonna stop for the ladder, but, but I'm not like, will that. it though? Like, let's let's test it out. What was the last time you tested Nick's, it? Nick's giving me a big <laughs> head shake right now. <laughs> let's just test it. You know, see. What's up, Mike? Good morning. Good <laughs> morning. Super Chat Post Show with me, Snowbike Mike, Blessing out of Yoya Jr. and Tim Geddes, where we jump in to the conversation with all of you. Of course, you just made it through Kind of Funny Games Daily for this lovely Wednesday during the holiday season. And now you can get involved with your Super Chats, with your Twitch subs at the Tier 1 through 3 level. If you resubscribe over on Twitch, I'll read your message to these two cool dudes. Or if you're over on YouTube and you want a Super Chat, just like my good friend VP Group 2, 
Super chatted for five dollars for the wow. first time ever. No comment though. So I'm just gonna say, Tim, your hair looks nice today. Thank you. I appreciate Blessing, that. Blessing, your biceps are bumping. They be bumping, dude. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. I know oh yeah, really dude. Look I know he's that. in the Holy disco. shit. I'm going. I love Street it. Street Shadow writes in with the five dollar super chat. What would be your ideal next Pokemon games? For me, black and white remake. Also, a Legend of Johto. Pokemon cool. Johto. Remember that's how they sang that? Pokemon Johto. Blessing, you're up first on the Pokemon side because me and Tim talked all things Pokemon yesterday. Tell me what's your ideal Pokemon game. Ooh, I mean, I'd say Pokemon Legends Johto. I think that's the real easy answer. Honestly, like... like <sighs> I'll say Johto, or I'm trying to think about what will be a cool region for a new Pokemon game. I don't know which ones they've actually done or not, because I know you said that there was one in America. I know there was the one that were like Hawaii, right? Yeah. Um, we've been to the UK. Have we been, been to Australia? We've been, been to France. France. Been to France. God, X and Y. Was so I'll say, let's, let's go to Australia. Let me catch some kangaroos. Is there a kangaroo Pokemon? There's got to be, right? Kangas Khan, right? Khan, yeah. Oh, close. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. More like an armadillo-type kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's a mix. Thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, oh, Tim actually, no, what am I talking about? Go to uh, go to Africa. Oh, Let's okay. go to Nigeria. Let's go to West Africa mm. for Pokemon. Okay. Tim Gettys, ideal Pokemon game? Um, I mean, what I want more than anything would be a red and blue, too. Follow, like actually do a follow-up like Ooh. sequel thing i what i would really love is just just give me do the full nostalgia bait stuff and uh give me a like 30 years later sequel in that that takes place in kanto and johto fuck it like have it be combined make that all make sense follow up all the story shit um and put it on the switch too don't put it on the switch and <laughs> like, then, are, Tim, are they both uh part of the their respective elite four I hope it's even bigger than that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I hope that it's because, like, I mean, canonically, uh, red and blue, we do see them aged up in uh, Sun and Moon. Like they're they're vacationing to Hawaii. And Wait, you, what? You, yeah, you, they're in it, and they're they're older. Like they're like they're that. like twenty something. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, let's continue that shit going. Maybe I should go back to more Sun Pokemon. And Moon. Dear Sixlet writes in with the five dollar super chat for Tim. I'm on a reality TV kick lately. The Circle, Drag Race, and Queer Eye. So far, what would you recommend based on what I'm watching? Okay. Well, those are all very different things, but it sounds like you're in the Netflix sphere. Oh, okay. okay. So um, I would say fun, dumb shit that might get you into other things. Perfect match. A lot of fun. It's essentially the Avengers of the Netflix reality shows. They get all the, the different people together. Kind of like the old school MTV uh, challenge. And road stuff. worlds where yeah. they put them all together. Got it. So that's good. Uh, in terms of just a one season show, The Mole is utterly fantastic. Oh. One of the best reality shows of all time. And this season was awesome. Um, you should definitely check that out on Netflix. And then if you're looking for like a fucking world to deep dive into, Selling Sunset, baby. Season eight just finished. It was wild. Netflix reality shows. They're popping off. I watched The Golden Bachelor, episode one, and I cried the whole time, bless. It was a beautiful fucking story, and the people that they had on there, what a, I mean, well done. Well done. Dude, well honestly, done. I, Bachelor really? has yeah, had some highs. So special. Wow. It's had some lows. The last couple of years, Bachelor has been trash. Like, yeah. honestly, I, I do not fuck with it. Golden Bachelor is perfection, dude. And also, the episodes are only an hour. Yeah, there's some people with some fucking respect. Although then all the bad shit came out about him, but that's how the world works. Uh, Mike Townsend writes in with the five dollars super chat and says, "Blessing Tim, have y'all jumped into Sonic Dream Team yet? As a Sonic sicko myself, I think it's arguably the tightest 3D Sonic has ever felt." 
That's I, I, I'm so cursed. I know. Because I don't have an iPhone or like an Apple product, right? Like I'm an Android boy. And the fact that, yeah, like what looks like one of the best 3D Sonic games in years is on mobile, on iPhone. Bless, you're going to visit family for the holidays, correct? Yeah. I need you to be the adult child where, you know, you, you find another adult with an iPad and you ask, yeah. do you have games on that? Yeah, can, I, can I download a game? <laughs> can I download <laughs> Yeah, I still haven't played it yet, but I'm, there's just too many fucking games out there. But I'm so excited and so many people are like, yo, this is the one. And that makes me excited. Bless, can you believe people are talking positively about a 3D Sonic game? No. <laughs> no, I can't. Say Chalet has right has wrote in with a two dollar super chat and says Sony has teamed up with Akatsuki, Akatsuki to hunt down the hackers. Should I know this name? Uh, I mean, you shouldn't probably, but okay. like they're hunting down. I saw that they were teaming up with Akatsuki. Are they like? Oh, what what is that? Is it an organization special crime division? I didn't think that's what they were when okay. I saw it. I was like, oh, let's see. Akatsuki enters into capital and business alliance agreements with Sony and Koei Tecmo. See, this, that's what I read. I didn't think that that was like a hunt down hackers thing, though. I okay. thought that was just like a technology company or something. I'll look at I'm, I'm going to read down hackers. What's haunted, I'd dude? be so good at following the trail. You put Greg Miller anywhere in San Francisco, I'll find his ass. No, here we go. I'll find his ass what? any day of the I think week. They're, maybe they're joking. Here it says, okay. under its mission to entertain the world and resonate with creators, Akatsuki Inc. Uh, is pivoting on games and has entered the comics business, aiming to be a company that utilizes digital content to complete, sorry, to compete globally in the long term. So yeah, they're just they're just they're a content company. They make Shadow stuff. says it's a joke from Naruto. Yeah. Well, fuck you. I haven't watched Naruto. It's not One Piece. I don't give a shit about it. Tim, whoo! Four hundred and sixteen episodes in, and I'm not fucking stopping. I love you, Mike. I love you. We're watching six episodes a night now, people. I can't stop with this show, <laughs> and it somehow gets better every time. Jace the Drone writes in with a ten dollars super chat, and everybody should remember this right now. Andy, this is for you. Thanks to Mike and the purple toothpaste, I was told by my girlfriend that my teeth are too white. Simple and clean, the way that it makes me feel tonight. Please, oh baby, love you, Mike. Fucking elevate your teeth game. Elevate people. your teeth Ele game. Elevate your mouth game, ladies and gentlemen. CJ with the $5 super chat and says, why no hype for Helldivers 2? Cheap AA games are what people claim they want from Sony. Why the lack of support for this game in the media, bless? You're hypocrites. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I've, I've not seen enough from that game to make me go, oh, man, I got to play this. I, I want to check it out, though. Like, it's not like a lack of excitement. And Greg Miller's hyped about it. Here's sure. the thing. Like, it's funny uh, that uh, it's phrased that way because I, I think that, I mean, kind of funny are the people that talk about Helldivers 1 more than anybody on the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I imagine that's going to be the case for Helldivers 2. But, yeah, it's just it's not here yet. Um, and I feel like, yeah, us joking about it in, in terms of, it's not in the same league as Final Fantasy VII Rebirth or Spider-Man 2 or anything. We don't expect it to be, but yeah, that's obvious. I mean, there'll be a lot of Helldivers too. I kind of funny. I'm, I guarantee it will be. Me and the crew will be playing that for sure. Mario D writes in with the seven dollars Canadian super chat and says, "Hey Tim, do you watch any Marvel Snap creators? If not, I recommend Cozy Snap. He's very informative and great vibes. Keep up the good work, guys." Um, not, I don't dive too deep into that, but I am familiar with Cozy Snap, and I, I every once in a while I'll check out a YouTube video just to see what they're talking about, to see what I'm missing out on the game, because like I play a very specific way, and then seeing other people, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was the thing. Mitch has become a YouTube member for 14 months. Thank you both for doing the top 10 farts made my week. 
You're welcome. Oh, is that up? You can go check that out on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Um, the what last episode of shit list for the year? No, there's another one. Um, but the previous episode of shit list was us. Yeah. Breaking down the top 10 video game farts. Honestly, top tier episode. <laughs> great, was great episode. One. Was it initially uh, accidentally uploaded as a Greg way? And people were very confused when they clicked into it. And it's us <laughs> talking about farts. We're Especially fart boys. for that day. I think the, the Greg way headline was a little bit more. Uh, uh, was personal. it serious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We fixed it. Though. We fixed it. Greg, the headline's like, you know, Greg's like, I'm depressed or whatever. And then it opens up with us being like, yo, let's talk about farts, all right? Just me and Tim. We got a list here. Let's fucking dive into let's it. Let's do it. Toot, toot. Toot, motherfucking toot. Gucci writes in with a $2 super chat. Pokemon DLC worth it? If so, I have my money. Can I have my money back? Is it worth <laughs> it? I mean, if you, if you like Scarlet and Violet, have, absolutely. Yes, it's so worth it. Jason with the $5 super chat says, Mike, what did you think of that Kingdom Hearts deep dive secret trailer? Did you see this shit? Did I see this shit? Have you Mike, seen this I shit? lived this shit. This the, the secret shit trailers. The secret trailers for Kingdom Hearts were like a cultural moment when they were uh, dropping, man. Uh-huh. Those things were insane. They're so hype. So oh, I can't believe you're about you started to. No, not no, yet. We're gonna start to, oh. ladies and gentlemen. When? Please when? be ready. You know? I mean, no problem. 2024. Oh, okay. We'll get back off of the break. We're going to start to. Please be prepared Wait, for it. did you see a secret uh, trailer last uh, yesterday when you were watching stuff? Yeah, we ended it with the secret ending of Kingdom Hearts 1, which <laughs> double Keyblade motherfucking that he tosses Dude, the Keyblade. The guy's going down up, the goddamn down. skyscraper. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. God, remember, Tim, do you remember the era where there were so many like uh, uh, AMVs of that? Yes. So many. Like, I wasn't it's, even to Kingdom Hearts, but that shit was cool as hell. It gave me life, man. <laughs> Mr. Hawks writes in with the $5 Super Chat says, Thanks for the KH streams, Mike. Sorry to keep a bit longer uh, to have to watch the KH1 secret video. All the love to you. Thank you for watching and pushing me to go do that. Aaron made you laugh with the $5 Super Chat says, I'm looking for feedback from Kind of Funny Best Friends. Please listen to my podcast, Comedy or Worse, where I interview SD Comics about comedy and life in general. Manny Bagel Boy Sanchez with the $20. Hold on, no, you can't just be coming in here advertising your content. Yeah, don't you do know, that. You got to buy an ad spot for that. There you go. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we have a whole I love that there's that. no thoughts like, in Mike's brain. Hey, he just reads. Oh, hey, so hey. He just reads. I could go down the rabbit hole, but I will not. I will remain. What does that mean? You're shifting blame in the most bizarre way. No, I will Mike, say, come on. Look at me in the camera right now. Mike, you need you to have some wherewithal when you're reading you know some super you chats, are. man. I see you. You know who you are. Who? You what? Know. That's all you need to be. That's all that needs to be Read said. Read ahead. You see me? You see me? Who I are you? you? Who are you talking to? I know to? what you did. Who? Keeping it going. Manny Big Boy Sanchez with the $20 super chat. What's up, Kind of Funny Games Daily crew? Do you believe Sony has a security issue? There's be, there's been, I believe, three hacks this year. The Xbox leak was a filing mistake on Microsoft's end, which is why the leak has had a different energy, I believe. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, th- there's just realities to this where, like, cybersecurity is a, a real mm-hmm. an inherent risk. Mm-hmm. With the amount of remote work out there, it only makes that stuff more important and more challenging. And, yeah. That's there's definitely definitely security problems and I don't even know if there's blame to be pointed there. That's just a, a reality. Yeah, that's the tough thing is I think like hacking is gonna happen, right? And like I feel like if, I feel like if you point towards like the security issues that could or could not be at PlayStation, is all it almost feels a bit victim blaming a bit. But like I I don't know, right? Like I'm I'm not somebody who's in that role, so I couldn't tell you what like the infrastructures look like between 
for like a Microsoft versus a Sony. I would assume Microsoft has that shit unlocked because they're Microsoft, right? But like, who knows? Maybe this maybe it's an issue. I feel like this is also just a thing that's been going down with Sony for like the last decade or so, right? With like the whole uh, PSN shutdown of back in the day. Um, and remember, I guess this is more so um, DDoS attacks. But like, there was like a period where every single Christmas, PSN would be down because they would get DDoS attacked. Uh, and again, it's like I think to some extent is what are you gonna do? But to, to another extent, it is like you know you can fix it, but once you fix it, somebody else is gonna find a different way to to hack you or fu or fuck your shit up. And so it is what it is. Logan writes in with the five dollars super chat and says, talking about composers being Sonic peeps, bless and Tim. Are either of you going to Sonic St Symphony in SF? I just got my tickets to see them here in KC. Come on, you know the answer. Oh yeah, dude, I'm fucking counting down. The That's around days, the corner too, dude. isn't it's, it? It's on January sixth. Right That's down. fucking awesome. But, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I want to let you know, uh, Chatter, that like they, they are so fervent. They've been trying to get everybody else to come. Roger's going. And Tim, Tim was like, Barry, you want to get your ticket? I was like, no, why? He's like, I don't know. It's, uh, it sounds like it's going to be pretty good. You want I'm me like, to buy you a, a ticket, Barry? I'll buy you a ticket. Plus, we'll no, go. Like, We're going to have the time of our lives. Oh, I are going to have the time of their lives. I'm going to pregame so fucking hard. Oh, my God, I'm gonna be I'm going to be so intoxicated in there. Dude, real talk. Like, I need all of y'all to prepare for. Ah, oh, it sucks. I don't think we're sitting together. Oh, are we not? I thought you were. Oh, we did I buy the tickets? You bought tickets. Oh, for we're me, sitting together. Sure. Fuck yeah. Y'all yeah. need to prepare. There's going to be the drunkest videos you've ever seen of me and Blessing Escape from the city. Oh, my fucking can't oh, wait. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Gia's coming too. Let's <laughs> go. Poor Gia. <laughs> the average gamer. Thinking about picking up BG3 on PC, is it worth playing solo? Mike, talking to your microphone, please. Barrett, he says he's picking up BG3 on PC. Is it worth playing solo? Yeah. 100%. Barrett. Oh, I, I don't know. He says, I don't know. Yeah. Blessing says, has Barrett, has Barrett, wait, I forget. Barrett, did you play BG3? Uh, for like 15 hours. Gotcha. I, I haven't played with people, though, so I, I don't have like a barometer of what is better. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's better, but like. Christopher Mendoza says the correct thing it's better solo. And it is. Sorry, I just, Mike, I needed to call you out because your microphone was literally going into your cheek and you're just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> better, it's like, it's, it's better solo. It's a better experience solo. Play by, solo. by the way, you can follow my podcast. At <laughs> I have a podcast I'd like to tell you all about. It's the Mike Solo Podcast. You can catch it anytime you want. Just call me. Meet me whenever you want to reach me. I'll tell you all the things that are on my mind. My favorite is last week, Mike doxing where we're doing volleyball. Like the exact time I was hoping somebody would show up. The exact time. I don't want anybody to show up when I'm playing volleyball. <laughs> um, thank you, Chad, for all your super chats. Thank you to everyone that wrote in. Sorry we couldn't get to all of them. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. You all are incredible. We care about you. And uh, as many of you have written in, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for allowing us to be a small part of your lives. And uh, we will see you here in just a couple of minutes. We're getting ready for a fun charity stream where we're going to make some gingerbread houses. We're going to hang out with the crew. We'll see y'all in just a little bit. Goodbye.